confidence because is anybody thankful for the love of God come on is anybody thankful for the love of God hallelujah come on why don't we just give God a hand clap of praise again or something shout unto him with a voice of triumph Lord we thank you Jesus for your love we thank you for your mercy we thank you for your power and for your spirit Amen. Didn't Sister Dakota and the praise team do a great job leading us into worship tonight? Amen. Hallelujah. You may have noticed that Pastor's not here tonight, but he will be with us here on Sunday. So come expecting great and mighty things from the Lord. Amen. He is away at uh, board meetings, and uh, he will be back with us on Sunday. We love our pastor. Amen. Amen. If you turn with me in your Bibles to Jeremiah 33 and 3, I have preached from this Scripture before, last year, at the end of the year, at some point I preached from this scripture, but this scripture has been in my head so much lately, and I feel like the Lord would like for us to preach along these lines tonight. Jeremiah 33 and 3. Call unto me, and I will answer thee, and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. God, we thank you for your word. We know that your word is anointed. God, I pray that you would anoint our hearts tonight, God. I pray that we would catch what you're saying in the spirit tonight to us, Lord Jesus, and we would not just come to a service and not let it change us, but God, I pray that it would change us tonight, God, and we respond to your word, Lord God. In the name of Jesus, hide me under the shadow of your cross, I pray. God, help me to say those things which are from you and you only, I pray in the mighty name of Jesus, and that you receive all the glory and the honor and the praise in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. Amen. You can be seated. Hallelujah. Tonight, I want to preach simply this. Call unto me, and I will show you great and mighty things. I believe that's what the Spirit is saying to us right now, right here in this place tonight. We know that the words that Jeremiah penned in the text that we just read, they were spoken to the prophet while he was imprisoned in the king's court. His world was in crisis. His world was in disarray, and it seemed like that Jeremiah was in a hopeless situation. It seemed like from his perspective, where he was at, stuck in that jail, it seemed like he was unable to help others due to the restrictions that were put upon him. While he was in lockdown, while Jeremiah was in prison, God speaks a second time to Jeremiah and says, Call unto me. And I will answer thee and show thee great and mighty things that thou knowest not. Amen. You see, God always shows up in the toughest of times and in the toughest of situations. You may feel like you're living in a very rough hour of time. You may feel like things are very bleak. But let me remind you that it's not over yet. That God always shows up in the toughest of times and the toughest of situations. May I remind you tonight of the children of Israel, how they were facing the Red Sea. The Egyptians were hot upon their trail. And we know what happened. God shows up. He parts the waters when it looked hopeless. And all of a sudden, the Bible says that there were 600 of their select chariots and all of the other chariots of Egypt were out against, coming against the Israelites. That's what the Bible says. 
Can you imagine as they're coming against that, going through that wall of water, and they look back, and these chariots start to come through as the Israelites are getting on the other side. And all of a sudden, wheels, the Bible says the wheels began to, began to come off of these chariots, and wheels began to just fly here and there. That's the kind of God that you serve. When it looks bleak, when it looks like it's over, all of a sudden, just like that little childhood toy you had when you just began to jack in the box, your, your arm starts getting a little tired as a kid, and all of a sudden, boom, up pops that jack in the box. That's how God is. You think it's over. Like, how is this going to happen? How is this going to work? And all of a sudden, boom, God's right there taking care of the problem and taking care of the situation. He says, you're my child. Don't worry. Just trust me, and I'll show up on the right, in the right time. I'll show up in that right moment. Amen. Don't forget about Daniel in the lion's den. In Daniel chapter 6, we read about that. It looked like it was over for Daniel. He was doing the right thing. He was serving God. He was praying aloud, and maybe that's what got him caught. It very likely was, because they wouldn't have known that he was, you know, doing God's business if he wasn't praying aloud. He was doing the work of God. And it got him thrown in the lion's den. But you know the story. It looked like it was over. But it wasn't over for Daniel. Just when it seemed like it was all done and the lions were going to eat him up, that lion's been speaking into your life too much. You've been letting that lion roar for too long. But let me tell you, in the name of Jesus, God is about to shut the lion's mouth. Hallelujah. He's going to do for you what he did for Daniel. Don't forget about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. It looked like it was over. They were standing up for God. They were doing the right thing. But yet they went into a fiery furnace. And it looked like it was lights out for them. But it was not. Because God showed up. There was a fourth man that showed up in the fire. I feel the Holy Ghost here tonight. There was a fourth man that showed up in the fire. The men that threw him in, it killed them, but it did not kill the people that got thrown into the fire because God showed up. Hallelujah. Don't forget about Paul and Silas in the jail in Acts chapter 16. It looked like a pretty bleak situation for them, but they trusted God and still began to sing praises unto God even at the midnight hour. And you know what happened. That jailhouse began to shake. And all the doors were opened up, and the fetters were loosed, and the chains were loosed, and they were set free in that moment that looked so bleak. Peter in prison in Acts chapter 12, and we know what happened. The church began to pray. It looked like it was over for Peter. It looked like he was going to be executed, and it was all done for him. But the church began to pray. There's something happens. There's something that happens in the spirit when the church begins to pray. The church began to pray, and you know what happened? The angel of God showed up and loosed Peter out of that jail. That's what happens even in bleak of times, in times that look like they're desperate. When we put our faith and trust in God, there's a miracle that's on the horizon. There's a miracle that is on the way. Those are just a few examples in Scripture of God showing up. The Bible lets us to know that there are great, and mighty things that happen when we call upon God. Come on. Are you with me on Wednesday night? Psalms 50 and verse 15 say, And call upon me in the day of trouble. I will deliver thee, and thou shalt glorify me. Psalms 91 and 15 says, He shall call upon me, and I will 
answer him, and I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. These are promises from God. Psalms 145 and 18 says, The Lord is nigh unto all them that call upon him. To all that call upon him in truth. Is there anybody calling on God for something? Has anybody been seeking the face of God for a miracle? Let me tell you, God is about to show up. Isaiah 55, 6 and 7 says, Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Call ye upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. And let him return unto the Lord and he will have mercy upon him and to our God for he will abundantly pardon Amen. It's the word of God. Jeremiah 29 and 12. Then shall you call upon me, and you shall go and pray unto me, and I will hearken unto you. Come on, it's over and over and over again in the word of God. If we will call upon him, there is an answer that's coming forth in the spirit. Joel 2 and 32. And it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be delivered. For in Mount Zion and in Jerusalem shall be deliverance. Come on. There are answers that God has for this day. There's answers that God has for the hour that we live in. And it's in the midnight hour, it seems, uh, where miracles begin to transpire. It's in the midnight hour when we call upon God. That's when God shows up. Amen. I've come to remind us tonight there are places that we have not yet gone in the spirit that God desires for us to go to. God is calling us. Uh, deep is calling unto deep. Psalms 42 and 7 says, Deep calleth unto deep. At the noise of thy water spouts, all thy waves and thy billows are gone over me. Amen. There are deep things in the Spirit right now. If we'll get in the Spirit, there are deep things that are there that God is looking for us to tap into and to reach into. Deep things of God that are calling to those that have a deep desire to learn more about God and His ways, to be used greater of the Lord Jesus. There are deep things that God, come on, is stirring even in your spirit, even while you're sleeping. You wake up and there's something stirring inside of you saying, come on, come on, come on, come on, get into prayer. Come on, seek my face. Come on, come on, come on. God is calling. If you listen to the Spirit, there's something that is happening. Deep is calling unto deep. Could it be that the places of isolation that we've been through over the past year, could it be that the places of separation that it seems like we've been through the past year throughout this pandemic, was God giving you and I a chance to draw closer to him so that he could prepare us for the great and the mighty things that he wants to do? 1 Corinthians 12 and 31 says, But covet earnestly the best gifts. And yet show I unto you a more excellent way. Covet them. To covet means to yearn, to possess, or have something. A great desire in you says, God, more than anything else, more than the air I breathe, more, God, than the food that I love to eat, God, more than any of that. God, I covet the best gifts. God, I want you in my life. I want everything that you have for me, God. I desire it, God, that I may reach a world that's around me and people that I love and care about. Hallelujah. Another translation says, but you should be eager for the greater gifts. And now I will show you a way that is beyond comparison. 
Oh, hallelujah. God wants to show you a greater way. How eager are you tonight? And how eager am I for the gifts of God? We cannot allow ourselves to be lulled into a place of comfortability. But we always must be pressing towards the mark of the high calling of God. We're pressing for that prize in the name of Jesus. We know that spiritual comfortability will always lead to spiritual mediocrity. And our world needs more than a mediocre Christianity. Come on, our world deserves more than a mediocre Jesus. There is no such thing as a mediocre Jesus, but there's a church that can deliver what looks like a mediocre Jesus. And I don't want to be a part of that. I want, there to be, uh, I want there to be an alive God inside of me. I want there to be a fresh, hot, burning desire of God inside of me that the world would crave what I have and say, hey, there's something inside of him that I need in my life. And it's not just the normal they see in other people because it's just mediocre. But I want there to be a burning fire inside of me that others would see the fire of God burning in me. And I know there are many of you sitting out there tonight that God is putting a desire in you, that there would be a red hot fire of God burning in you, that people would crave what you have. Hallelujah. We must step out of our comfort zones and call upon God. It's not always comfortable to call on God. We might lose sleep to call upon God. It might put you out of your norm. To find a place to call upon God. But we must call upon the Lord. We know it's not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord. We've got to have the spirit of God flowing in us and through us each and every day. We've got to carve out a place for time with God. Amen. He's got to be the most important thing. I know it, some of this is just re iterating what we know, but sometimes we need to be reminded because we live in a busy, crazy world. We live in a world that's vying for our time. We have a devil that's trying to distract us here and there. He's under our feet. If we'll put him under our feet, but you've got to call on God to have him under your feet. If you're not in communion with God, you're not going to know what God is saying to you. And then you're not going to be able to reach those around you because you can't hear the voice of God. God, I pray that you would push the clutter out of our minds and let us have time, God, to seek your face with all of our heart, mind, soul, and strength. Hallelujah. 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 We can't do it on our record. John chapter 3 tells us that which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. We're not going to get the right answer on our own, but we're going to have to get in the Spirit. Amen? Have you ever wondered what those great and mighty things are that God said? I believe that Daniel chapter 4 and verse 3 gives us a glimpse or a clue to what they are. Daniel 4 and 3 says, How great are His signs and how mighty are his wonders. He said great and mighty things he wanted to show us. How great are his signs and how mighty are his wonders. Second Chronicles 7 and 14, many of you could quote it. It says, if my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven. The first part of that verse sounds like our text. Call unto me, 
and I will answer thee. That's what he's saying. You do your part. Call unto me. And the last part of 2 Chronicles 7 and 14 sounds like the last part of our text. And I will forgive their sin and will heal their land. That's what he said he wanted to do. He said, I'm going to show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. If we'll do what God's calling us to do, God's going to show up and do what he's promised that he would do. I'm going to remind you tonight, you are not waiting on God. You are not waiting on God. God is all ready to step into many different situations right now, but God is just waiting for somebody to call upon him. You might think that you're waiting on God to step into your child's life. But could it be that God is waiting on you to step into a place of connection with him? You're not waiting on God. Let that sink in for a minute. A lot of times we think that we're waiting on God to come and do such and such. And it's so simple, but God is just waiting for us to call upon him so that he can show us great and mighty things. That's what's happening right now. God is ready to work on our behalf. Amen. God's just waiting for his people to call on him to show them the great and the mighty. How great are his signs and how mighty are his wonders. Exodus 7 and 3. I think it's interesting that that uh, it's the same verse that we just read just a moment ago as in Daniel 4 and 3. The same exact verse, Exodus 7 and 3, talks about the children of Israel. It says, And I will harden Pharaoh's heart and multiply my signs and my wonders in the land of Egypt. Nothing is by coincidence in the Word of God. When I read that, I said, hey, look at that. It's the same verse. That's neat. But nothing is by coincidence in the Word of God. We see that he multiplied his signs and his wonders in the land of Egypt. And we know, we know that the Israelites, they are the called ones of God. They are the chosen people of God. But we also know that through the power of the cross and the mercy of God, we are also his chosen people. After we read and obey Acts chapter 2 and 38, and we're born of the water and the Spirit, we can claim this verse, 1 Peter 2, 9 and 10. But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people, that you should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light, which in times past you were not a people but are now, come on somebody, but are now the people of God, which had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. You are a child of God. You are the chosen one of God. Amen. I want to remind you tonight, to, as a chosen one of God, I want to remind you that just like before the Israelites' mighty deliverance, before the children of God's mighty deliverance out of Egypt, We've heard it before. There was a multiplication, the Bible says, of signs and wonders in Egypt. Amen. There was a multiplication of signs and wonders. And we know that Egypt is awful, often referred to as a type of the world. In this end time hour, I believe it that God has saved the best for last. And just before we're rescued, just before, by way of rapture, we are taken up, 
there is going to be a multiplication of signs and wonders. Great and mighty. There's going to be a multiplication of signs and wonders. You know why? The purpose of the signs and the wonders were the same thing. In Egypt, the purpose of the signs and the wonders were to show who the I am was. Who that he was. Amen. Deuteronomy 4 and 35 lets us know why God did that. He said, unto thee it was showed that thou mightest know that the Lord, he is God. There is none else beside him. That's what God said about signs and wonders for Egypt. Amen. And God is going to use the impartation of signs and wonders to bring revelation this day of who he is, just like he did back then. You've come too late to tell me that that does not happen. I've seen God do it, uh, not just overseas, but I've seen him do it with Muslims uh, and Hindus. Uh, I've seen God do it uh, even here, being in somebody's house uh, that did not know the Lord and begin to pray with them, and God do a miracle, and they realized uh, that something miraculous uh, had just happened. Let me tell you, there is going to be a multiplication uh, of signs uh, and wonders uh, that people would be drawn to God. God is going to show who the church is in this last day, in this last hour. God is going to show forth just like he did for the Egyptians before he took them out. God is going to do for his people before he takes them out. Hallelujah. I feel the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The next part of Daniel 4 and 3 says, His kingdom is an everlasting kingdom. Hebrews 13 and 8. You probably could quote it. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday and today and forever. His kingdom is an everlasting kingdom. He's the same God today with the same power today that he had for all these other people that we've been talking about. It's the same God that we serve. The same God who parted the Red Sea is the same God that's ready to part the Red Sea for you here tonight. The same God that delivered Daniel from the lion's den is the same God that's ready to bring deliverance to the situation that you have tonight. The same God that delivered Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. That same God is ready to do the same thing. The same God who jailbroke Paul and Silas is the same God who's ready to show up and do miraculous things. The same God who broke Peter out of prison is the same God who's ready to break the prison doors off of the sneeze that you have. He's ready to open wide those prison doors that your loved ones have been captivated in. The lies of the enemy. He's ready to break those things. The same God is going to show up when you call upon him. We know what the Word says. The Word says that He is no respecter of persons. He didn't love the great Apostle Paul more than He loves you. He didn't give the great Apostle Paul more power than He's given you if you'll tap into it. That's not the kind of God that I serve. Greater things shall you do. Greater works. Amen. Are you with me? He's going to do it because he wants to show up and say, hey, I'm the Lord. I'm in control. I'm in charge. I'm the same God with the same power. And revelation is going to come because Jesus is going to show up in somebody's midnight hour because you call upon him. Come on. 
Isaiah 43, 10 and 11 says, You are my witnesses, saith the Lord, and my servant whom I have chosen. You are the chosen one of God, that ye may know and believe me and understand that I am he. Before me there was no God formed, and neither shall there be after me. I, even I, am the Lord, and beside me there is no Savior. That's what he's up to. His kingdom is an everlasting kingdom. And he wants all of mankind to know that he alone is God. He is going to show up, but we've got to call upon him. Amen. His kingdom, as I said, is an everlasting kingdom. And once you've been born of the water and of the Spirit, you and I are a part of this kingdom. In John 3 and 5, Jesus was talking to Nicodemus, a very learned man of Scripture. And he said, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of the water and of the Spirit... He cannot enter the kingdom of God. Amen. When a man or woman is born of the water and born of the Spirit, they have access to the very kingdom of God. You have access to another kingdom, the kingdom of God. That's what the Word of God says. And I love this verse. Luke 12 and 32 says, Fear not, little flock. For it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. God wants to give you the kingdom. He wants to give you all the power that you need to be effective in the kingdom. Every tool that a king's kid should have is available to each and every one of us. It's the Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. The great apostle Paul said in 1 Corinthians 16 and 9, For a great door, and effectual or effective, is opened unto me, and there are many adversaries. Paul spoke these words while he was in Ephesus. There was a lot of things going on in Ephesus if you read about that. But I think it's also interesting, even though there was a lot of chaos and things going on in Ephesus, and we'll talk about that in a moment, that Acts 19, 11 and 12 says, And God wrought special miracles by the hands of Paul, so that from his body were brought unto the sick handkerchiefs or aprons, and the diseases departed from them, and the evil spirits went out of them. Amen. That's what happened in Ephesus. But also, the Scripture records, other things that took place in Ephesus, if we keep reading. It says, there is a certain of the vagabond Jews. Uh, exorcists took upon them to call over them which have evil spirits, the name of the Lord Jesus, saying, We adjure you by Jesus, whom Paul preacheth. And there were seven sons, one of Sceva, a Jew, and a chief of the priests, which did so. And the evil spirit answered and said, Jesus I know, and Paul I know. But who are you? We've got to know who we are in God. And, in, and the man in whom the evil spirit was, was leaped on them and overcame them and prevailed against them so that they fled out of that house naked and wounded. Be careful. You have the devil underneath your feet. As long as you're connected and calling upon the Lord, you've got the devil under your feet. But if you're not prepared, he'll mess you up. 
And this was known to all the Jews and Greeks also dwelling at Ephesus. Listen to this. And fear fell on them all. And the name of the Lord Jesus was magnified. And many that believed came and confessed and showed their deeds. Many of them also which used curious arts. They were hooked up into witchcraft and different things. Brought their books together and burned them before all men. And they counted the price of them and found it 50,000 pieces of silver. So mightily grew the word of God and prevailed. Ephesus was not a pretty place. There was a lot of idol worship going on in Ephesus, if you read about it. There was a lot of different things going on, a lot of evil spirits that were there. But in the middle of all that mess, God wrought special miracles by the hands of Paul. God is no respecter of persons. I've already said it one time before. If God did it for Paul in the book of Acts, we might be looking around and there's all kinds of evil spirits, come on, coming against you. And sometimes seeming like they're prevailing at times because we're not where we need to be. But anyway, there's times where evil spirits seem like they're on every side. But if you'll tap in and call upon the Lord, there are great and mighty things that God wants to show us. There are special miracles still to be wrought in this city in the name of Jesus. Does anybody believe me? I know we usually talk about fear in a negative way, and for the child of God, you shouldn't be fearful. God's not given us a spirit of fear, but a power of love and a sound mind. It's the Word of God. So I get that. But think about this for a minute. Could it be, we just read about they were fearful of what happened because those, those uh, seven sons of Sceva, they were beat up because they weren't ready to mess with the devil. And fear came. But fear turned them in the right direction. Could it be, for the, pe- for the people that do not know God, that fear is breeding a hunger for something higher and greater? Could it be that this pandemic and all the fearful things that are intertwined in it with people scared and running for their life and just, oh my goodness, the world's going to hell in a handbasket. Could it be that all these fears the enemy is placing into our minds and how everything's going to crash down and burn and we're just all going down, 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 and henny penny, the sky is falling. Chicken Little or whoever you are, the sky is falling. Could it be that as people that do not have God as they should in their lives become fearful, that that fear is pushing them and breeding a hunger for something higher and greater? I believe it can be. And I believe that it is. I believe that the darker the night, the brighter the light. I believe in the name of Jesus that as people get fear in their heart and have nowhere else to turn to, that they're going to look to the people of God. And that's why we need to call upon him, that he can show us the great and the mighty things that we would not know except that he would reveal them to us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We know that God has always equipped his people for the day and the moment of time that he has placed them in. Paul might have been facing many adversaries, but there was an effective door of the miraculous. Hear me. Don't cut out on me yet. There was an effective door of the miraculous that was opened up to Paul. This door brought great revival 
in Ephesus and beyond as people turned from other gods with a little g. And their minds and their hearts were changed due to the revelation of who God was through the power of the miraculous. The devil deserves no credit. I hate talking about him because it just, he loves it. He thrives off of it. But sometimes we need to expose the enemy for who he is. I'm just going to call him out. Because the enemy has been trying to attack the faith of God's people. You know what I'm talking about because it's happened in your life. Whether it be a health issue. Whether it be a family situation or a financial situation or mind games. The enemy has been trying to attack the faith of God's people. And the reason that I believe the enemy has been trying to attack your faith by playing mind games with you and by scaring you to death that he's going to kill you, he don't have the power to do that. He can only do what God allows him to do. And you are a child of the king. God does not have plans for evil toward you. But my Bible tells me that God has plans to prosper you. And he has plans for good for you. God's not the one that's given you health issues. Come on. He's not doing these things. Now, sometimes he allows things to happen in our lives. He did a Job. But Job was doubly blessed when it was all over. We may go through some things sometimes. But to live is Christ. Remember this. And to die is gain. When you die... You're not dying. You're just continuing the life that God has already started inside of you. You don't have to be fearful or afraid. Just realize what God started when you were born of the water and of the Spirit. Is this a continuation? You're going to see Him face to face. What you've been living for, what you've been waiting for, what we're all hoping to go up in the rapture for, to see Jesus face to face. That's why we're running this race. To live is Christ, to die is gain. Amen. I don't want to go a day before he says it's time to go. And I know you don't either. But we don't have to be fearful. Right? And the enemy tries to play mind games with us. And speak lies into our lives. And tell us what's going to happen and how it's going to go. But God is not speaking evil thoughts into your ear. We know that the devil is the prince and the power of the air. And there's things that are going through. In the spirit that our mind catches. Am I getting too off the wall for you for a minute? But there's things. You have the spirit man inside of you. And there's things that are caught. And if you're not listening for the right voice, the enemy will trick you. as a, Try to make himself appear as an angel of light, even though he's an angel of darkness. And try to trick you into thinking that you're hearing from God. And then we believe these lies. But I believe it's all for one purpose, and this is the reason why I hung here just for a minute. It's to push your faith down. God has given every person a measure of faith. And the enemy knows that if you're faithless, that you have no effect in this world. He knows that your time is running out, so the enemy has been on high charge to push the faith of God's people down through whatever situation you're going through. Amen. But I believe that just like Paul, 
had a door set before him, a very effective door set before him, and he saw great and mighty miracles. I believe that's the reason why the enemy right now is trying so hard to push the faith of God's people down, because I believe that God, even for this church, that God has set an even greater door in front of us than Paul experienced. I believe that in the Holy Ghost. I believe it because of the hour and the day that we live in, that mighty signs and wonders are upon us. Amen. And God is going to be shown that he is the one true God and there is none else and because of that the devil knows this he's been working overtime to combat the faith of the people of God but may I remind you tonight that Matthew 16 and verse 18 says upon this rock what rock the solid rock Christ Jesus upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Come on, you are part of the church. This building is not the church. The people of God are the church. And upon this, come on somebody, the gates of hell are not going to prevail against you. You are the church. It's not going to happen because God said it was not going to happen. The last part of Daniel 4 and 3, I won't be much longer, says, And his dominion is from generation to generation. Did you catch that? His dominion is from generation to generation. God is still in charge. Come on. God is still on the throne. This means uh, it's for your generation. This means it's for my generation. This means if the Lord tarries, uh, it's for my grandchildren's uh, generation. That's what it means. His dominion is from generation to generation. God has not changed. He's still in control with the same power. But the question is begged to be asked tonight. Uh, who will be the next Moses? Who will be the next Paul? Who will say, God, I want to see those special miracles that you wrought through the hands of Paul. God, I want to lay hands upon the sick and watch them recover. Come on, my Bible still says, these signs shall follow them that believe. Do you believe that God is the Almighty? Do you believe that he is the miracle worker? Do you believe that he can do anything and everything? Do you believe that he can cast every mountain into the sea? I have faith to believe it. And I refuse to let the enemy, I refuse to let the devil come and try to rob my faith and push my faith in the ground and tell me just because a doctor said something that is true. No, it's not. My God has a last say. My faith is not impacted by what man would say, but my faith is impacted by what my Jesus says. And he loves me. Hallelujah. Every great revival that we've read about, either in Scripture or in a book somewhere along the way. Every great revival started in a prayer meeting somewhere because there was a war that was one of the Spirit in that prayer meeting. Azusa Street, read about it. I was just listening to stories again about it this week. Started in a prayer meeting. Topeka, Kansas, that great revival started in a prayer meeting. The enemy's been fighting your prayer life because he knows that's where God's going to show you great and mighty things. 
I feel the Holy Ghost so strong right now. Somebody tonight, I hope something is caught in your spirit because somebody needs to respond. Even maybe before I give the altar call, somebody needs to respond in the Holy Ghost. Because this, this is what I believe the, the Lord is saying. Revelation 3 and 20. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. And if any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come into him and I will sup with him and he with me. And what I, preparing for this message, what I feel is that God is standing and knocking to the church. Not just this church, but the church as a whole. God is standing and knocking and saying, hey, come on. Come in. I'm knocking at your door. Open it up. Let me in. Let me in. I want to show you great and mighty things in the Spirit. Will you take time out? And will you seek my face? And will you just open the door wide and let me come in? Let me sup with you. Let me spend some time with you that I might show you great and mighty things. I don't know what you came expecting, but I know what God spoke to my heart tonight. He said, call unto me, and I will answer thee and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. Great and mighty things. He wants to show you great signs and mighty wonders. But are we willing tonight to say, God, I'm going to call upon you with everything that I have. God, I'm willing. Who? When Brother Trey Cornwell was here, he was talking about how revival started to grow through their bus ministry. He talked about some of the young people just coming to the church at 10 o'clock on a Friday night. And they continue to do that, come together and pray. But do we have time? Are there any adults that have time to carve out and say, God, I want to see revival in the city. God, I want to see revival in my workplace. God, I want to see revival in my family. God, I'm going to call upon you that you may show me great and mighty things that I would not know except that you would show them to me. It got really quiet in here. But I believe I hear the Spirit calling to somebody right now. I believe in the Holy Ghost that God is speaking to somebody's heart right now. Yes, you pray. But God is not looking for comfortability. God is not looking for that comfortable state that you've been in. Yes, you're praying, but God is saying, hey, it's a different day. It's a different hour. These are the end times. Are you willing to step it up? Are you willing to say more than anything else, God, I crave you? Because deep is calling under deep tonight. There's something swirling in the spirit. There's something that's happening. That's why I, I started to go to this place earlier, but that's why even oftentimes, I know there's many sitting in this room right now, I guarantee it, that there's times that you wake up in the night and the thought comes to your head, I should go pray. And it stays there for a couple minutes, but then you roll over and you go back to sleep. I'm not saying that in a negative way. I'm just saying God is calling us. That's what you're hearing. That's what you're hearing as you're laying there in your bed at night. You're hearing the call of God, Samuel. God is saying... You're hearing the voice. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost. You're hearing the voice of God call to you. Somebody needs to respond tonight to the call of God. There are more intercessors in this house right here tonight that God wants to make intercessors even greater and bring you into intercessory prayer. There are more than just a few, 
there are many that God is calling for this day and for this hour. And that's why you've experienced some of the things you've experienced. That's why you felt the pressure that you've been feeling because God has a call upon your life to go deeper. God has been calling you to go to greater places. And the enemy realizes, amen, the gifts that God has already placed inside of you. And he's trying to keep those things pushed down. He's trying to hush them up and say, no, 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 no. Just keep doing what you're doing. It's okay. Just stay comfortable. But then in the midnight hour, there's a knock calling from God saying, let me in. Let me in that I can show you great and mighty things that you would not know except that I would show them to you. Give me a chance. Let me in. Is there anybody tonight that here feels what I feel? Maybe it's just me that God's talking to and calling. Maybe I'm just feeling what I'm feeling right now and feeling... Like, I've got to do more. I don't believe it. I believe that somebody in the Holy Ghost right now, I believe you need to respond right now in Jesus' name and say, God, yes, I pray. Yes, I seek your face. But God, I'm willing to push it to the next level. God, I'm willing, God, to be an intercessor. God, I'm willing to say, in the name of Jesus, north give up and south hold not back. I'm willing to say, God, for my sons and my daughter's sake, I'm willing to say, Lord Jesus, oh God, I will stand in the gap. I will be the intercessor. God, I I will not let them go to hell over my dead body. God, it's going to happen. No, God, I'm saying my children shall walk in white. God, I'm saying I will be an intercessor. God, I'm saying I want you to show me the great and mighty. God, I'm not satisfied where I am. Oh, it's so easy for us to get enough of God just for ourselves to feel good. But I don't want that kind of God in my life. I want enough of God inside of me that pours out to others. That there's rivers of living water flowing forth out of me. And I know there's many of you that are feeling the call of the Spirit right now, and you've already begun to intercede right now. Are there some others that God is calling you? God's been waking you up in the midnight hour, and you're saying, God, I'm going to respond. I hear the call of God. I hear the voice of God. The clarion call has hit my heart. And God, here I am. The devil is under your feet. God's given you power greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. The enemy's a loser. He's a liar. He's under your feet. Somebody call upon him. God's going to confirm his word while you're calling upon him. If you have pain in your body right now, God's going to take that pain from you, I believe, in the name of Jesus. God is going to confirm his word because he wants to do special miracles in the name of Jesus. I take dominion. By the authority of the word and by the power of the name of Jesus, I take dominion over every pain of every individual that's sitting before me right now. I take dominion. Your dominion. 
is from generation to generation. I take dominion right now in the name of Jesus, and I command that pain to leave every person. Lord, I command that pain to leave legs right now in the name of Jesus. I command that pain to leave hands and feet right now in the name of Jesus. I command that pain to leave necks and backs right now in the name of Jesus. It must go in the name of Jesus. There's healing virtue flowing through here right now. God is confirming his word. And some of you are interceding right now. Amen. God is responding in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. If you need a Holy Ghost breakthrough, now is the time to get it. Lift your hands where you are and let the Holy Ghost come over you right now. In the name of Jesus, be refilled with the Holy Ghost. In the name of Jesus, be restored in the Holy Ghost. In the name of Jesus, be revived in the Holy Ghost. Can we just make this whole sanctuary for a few moments a, a place of prayer? Can we make it a place of intercession for a few moments? Could you step out of your comfortable state just for a minute and seek the face of God just for a moment and say, God, here I am. Here I am. I'm calling upon you once again. Here I am. I'm pushing back what the enemy's saying. I'm cutting off all the lies of the enemy. I'm a child of God. You've called me to be an intercessor. You've called me to call upon you, and you said you would answer and show me great and mighty things and here I am God